We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Doug Whaley on this Wednesday before Steelers and Bills AFC wildcard weekend. Rudolph talks today. He plays Sunday, and in Doug Whaley's mind, that'll be it if they lose. He won't want to be back here. He'll be gone. Uh, In Doug's words, a former Steelers front office man and Bills GM, we've heard uh, Rudolph loyalists and zealots say this for years, that he's getting screwed. And Doug says this depth chart thing is just another example of a raw deal for Mason Rudolph. You agree with that, Malsey? I don't think it's a – I think Doug's overall point that, man, it just makes it seem like the writing is on the wall or not on the depth chart for Mason is legit. Yeah. There's no no actual reason to not make him the number one guy on the depth chart other than having ulterior motives that pertain to next year's quarterback situation or your current quarterback who's who's on the number two spot, not wanting to make him feel bad, whatever it might be. Uh, It's all very strange, and it's something that could be changed so easily. And Mike Tomlin's reaction to Ashley Leotis questioning him about it yesterday was snippy enough to make me think that they know it's unusual internally. Like, they know that they're doing something goofy here, and they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar on it. Yeah, everything Doug said there, I don't know. I take it all in, in, in some. He made a very compelling rhetorical case why Mason wouldn't want to come back here. Because he's been lied to. And even if they pay him as long as Kenny Pickett's here, he's making it sound like it's a boy who cried wolf situation. Why would he believe that Mike Tomlin, why would he believe that the Steelers would actually allow for him to be the quarterback next year? Correct. And that this depth chart thing is the last straw. It's just, okay, even now, you don't trust me enough to name me the starting quarterback. What is it about me or what is it about the other guy? What is it that you don't like about me or what is it that you still like so much about the other guy? I can answer that. Which part of it? Both? Both. Okay. What, do, what is it that he doesn't like about Mason Rudolph, Mike Tomlin? Not mobile enough. Yeah, I keep thinking the same thing. Statue can only benefit, can only play well in perfect protection situations, which as good as their line has been the last several weeks, nobody gets perfect protection game in, game out, series in, series out. Tom Brady would, win, would have won every Super Bowl if he had been protected well throughout his career. That's the first part. What do they like about Kenny? I don't even know if it's what they like about Kenny. It's what they refuse to allow themselves to believe might be the case, that they might have not made the right pick at 20 overall a couple of years ago. So if you want to say what do they like about Kenny, it's they put a first-round grade on him. They made him their first-round pick. And it's not just the Steelers. Come hell or high water, the majority of NFL teams in that situation won't want to give up on the player. Now, I will give you examples of teams that have, partly because of injury in one case. The Niners traded Trey Lance. They also run the most quarterback-friendly system in the league. Even as I, a Brock Purdy believer, uh, sit here, I can say that. It's quarterback-friendly. But Lance wasn't their guy. Zach Wilson only got year three with the Jets. And by the way, Zach Wilson, by almost every measure this year, was way worse than any quarterback on the Steelers roster, which is incredible. (laughs) But Zach Wilson only got year three because the guy they brought in to replace him lasted all of four plays. We actually know what Tomlin says 
he likes about Kenny. We, we, we hear him say it whenever there's a Kenny Pickett question. He likes the work ethic. He talks about football justice. He sees how much time Kenny puts into his craft. They gave him that little office. He wants to believe that if you're first guy in and last guy out, that you're going to get rewarded for it. He brings it up all the time. And then the other thing. That's such uh, a college viewpoint, and then, though. And then the other thing he cites with him is what he does in late in games. Fourth but it, quarter magic. But it's just, ignorant of what he doesn't do for the other 50 I know, plus I'm minutes just, of I'm the just, game. I'm be, don't shoot the messenger here, Chris. I'm just telling you what Tomlin does, what he says, when questions or concerns about Kenny Pickett come up. Remember, there was a situation this year where a reporter brought up Pickett's struggles in the first half and in the first three quarters of games, and Tomlin's reaction was, now give me the fourth quarter numbers. You're good, you're good late. You make plays late, clutch plays. Tomlin's going to put more stock in it. I, I think that – I think he's made up his mind on Rudolph. I agree with Whaley. I do think he has – I do think it's an axe to grind thing where it's just some, something about the player and maybe even the player's personality. Just it's not something that Tomlin wants to uh, forge ahead with and, and broker a long-term relationship with because – this is technically their first playoff game on Sunday, but it's really not their first playoff it's game. It's their fourth. And how many has Mason Rudolph won? Three of them. Three. He's in the Super Bowl in terms of number of playoff games you actually have to win. So for Tomlin, and I, I, I will, we're inferring here, I'm going by what they've done with their depth chart, the way Tomlin talks about both quarterbacks, and also what Dulac put in his chat today. Got asked a lot of questions by our listeners. I saw Dr. Kornfeder. And uh, Sarah J was back oh, in the chat Oh, good to see week. her back. But these are just, I'm going to give you just a potpourri of answers from Dulac on the quarterbacks. Rudolph can win Sunday, and it's still Kenny's job next year. Okay. Go to Buffalo, beat the Bills, slay the dr- dragon or giant, still Kenny's job. No open competition next year. None. It's if, he come, if, if Mason comes back, he knows he's the number two. One more year of picket, like it or not. Because they, quote, have a lot invested in Kenny. Tomlin wants quarterbacks more athletic and mobile than Rudolph. Tomlin, or this is Dulac. Dulac thinks Rudolph was treated here, the way Rudolph was treated here, would factor into decisions on both ends. You know what else Jerry said about him? Uh, I think in one of his answers. He was asked a question about, like, Mike and the way he's talked about Rudolph. About, you know, he does say he has confidence in him. Why doesn't he show it? Or he, that Rudolph has a lot of confidence in. Jerry's answer was something like, yeah, you'll notice Mike always points out that Mason's very confident in himself and that's why he succeeded. I don't know why Mike basically hasn't said he's confident in Mason. You know what that actually reads like to me? Almost that they think the guy's arrogant. Very weird. I also think that I want to go back to the whole idea of Kenny works so hard I believe in justice. Isn't that something that's more tuned to high school and college sports? Doesn't Mike himself... Now, granted, A.B. always made it easy on him because he usually worked very, very hard. A.B. was a hard worker, right? Yeah. But, like, Pickens, we have heard this year, when things were going poorly, was going through practices at, like, three-quarter speed, wasn't going all out, but Mike basically said he's too talented. Yeah, Watt brought that up to Rich Eisen. The, the production is too is too overwhelming when he's out there. He, his abilities. Why is that? That is a pro approach to it a lot of the time. Why is he falling back on what you do for like a high school kid? So I think Rudolph, for the most part, up until this year, when he's gotten a chance to play, hasn't really played that well. So 
the Steelers' treatment of him, I don't think is to blame for his struggles up until now. I don't I don't blame I don't think it helped his cause that they didn't have a quarterback's coach and Ben treated him like crap and Dobbs was the backup and not him and all of those things. Like I don't think that that helped, but I don't think it was a much of a deterrent that he struggled as a quarterback because of that. So when people have called in and said Rudolph has gotten a raw deal in the past, I've kind of rolled my eyes. I don't disagree with the fact that the Steelers haven't handled him properly, but I don't think that's why he failed for the first half decade of his career. This, I would say, is an example of Rudolph getting a raw deal here. If they've got, if Tomlin's got his mind made up already that it's Kenny and it's not Rudolph for next year, and this is just strictly ride the hot hand, then I do think they're being, I do think he's being unfair to Rudolph. And I don't get why he's being so close-minded on it. The guy is literally in the last three weeks led the NFL in completion percentage, passer rating, and that erudite stat, completion above expectation. He is, by that stat, completing more passes than, like, what? what what's that mean? Like He's completing more passes than an average quarterback should. Relative to an average quarterback, he's doing better than any of them. You know, it's not even about Mason for me when I think about this. It's that Pickett hasn't done anything other than be good in the fourth quarter after, in many cases, being flat-out bad for the first three to warrant this level of treatment, this level of belief. There, there just there isn't something there on his resume other than maybe we assume Mike... What did John Harbaugh say? They were doing this on the ESPN telecast. Mike, I know Mike, he likes to play these games close and win them at the end with one big splashy play, right? They mm-hmm. did that, and they that's how they kind of contextualized the Johnson touchdown. Like, that's not a fun way to play ball, though. You're going to stake your, not your entire reputation, obviously, but you're going to stake your future at the most important position on, I still believe in the guy, and he's made plays in crunch time. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I've said this repeatedly when asked about him. He has an unflappable confidence in himself. He's highly professional. He's always preparing and prepared. And I think that that provides the platform or the performances that you're you're seeing. Mike Tomlin on Mason Rudolph. Yeah, that was a good observation by Dulac. He's always complimentary of the amount of confidence and belief Mason Rudolph has in himself, but not in Mike Tomlin's confidence in Rudolph, the player. Mason's Mason's confidence is a big reason why he succeeds. Completely left on the cutting room floor as I, too, am confident in him. I'm sure Mike would say if he was pressed on that, Mike, why don't you ever say you're confident in him? He'd say, I think Mason's presence in the starting lineup is all I need to do, whatever. Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. Let's say Mason plays well against the Bills, but they lose. Like, he plays a good game. None of us are coming on the air Monday saying, man, Mason really cost them. That was the difference. Mm -hmm. Okay? I think that's plausible that he could play well and they could still lose. Doug Whaley says it's pretty much going to be either or. It's going to be Mason's gone, Kenny's back next year. Independent of any contract things, if you could take one of those guys to be back next year, who would it be? You've got four good Mason games, basically, or three good ones in one bad weather game. 
Who would you actually rather have just from a pure football standpoint back if it was only going to be one of those two? Oh, man. I'll give you my answer. I know your answer. It's, but, but I'm it's not, Rudolph. But I'm not going to do it to just rip Kenny. I'm going to say this very specific thing. I do think there's some legitimacy to the fact that they've started to build the offensive line correctly. They have some pieces in place around him. If the knock is guy can't move, I think for at least the time being, they might be building an offense I, that could insulate him I'm there. Rudolph, but it's by such a small. Okay. No, I, I didn't want to put you on the spot, no, but I, I also I think like it's when, a good question. I, I like when you do. I, I appreciate you doing that. It is, a, it is a good question. I can only have one on the roster next year. Either I think or. based on how Rudolph has played these last three games, I would roll the dice with him. But I know how insane that sounds based on some of the things I've said about Kenny, but not lately. Donnie, what's your theory on why reportedly the Steelers have this uh, belief in Kenny Pickett as quarterback one for next year? My belief next year, no, why, why I the, expect that? No, what is your theory on why the Steelers reportedly view Pickett as their number one quarterback for next year? I mean, I, I always Why just, do you think they feel that way about him? I always just think of the, the Steelers' history <laughs> and that they love sticking to the status quo on things like this. And, I mean, I know a lot of organizations don't like to do this, but the Steelers especially, they would hate to admit that they're wrong. They're not going to give up on a player too early. It's often too late that that normally happens. And to your point, I think fans will agree with this, and I think you will too. Even if Rudolph's right, they drafted him, but it still makes them look wrong. Because they didn't give him a chance until very late Because of where they buried him on the depth chart. So they wouldn't even get credit for his... Correct. Development. Because even though he was was a a, a mid-round pick, and that's not necessarily a death sentence for quarterbacks. I mean, we we see a few guys here and there that get picked in the middle rounds that succeed. Even though that was the case, yeah, the moment that Big Ben called it quits, they signed a guy on the very first day of free agency basically because he sat on the bench behind the guy that they'll see Sunday. He sat on the bench and they thought, oh, well, he's, he's really ready to be a starting quarterback again. Then they immediately draft somebody in the first round. Ru- I, Rudolph was was left for dead. I have a funny basically st- on the roster. I'm happy you brought that part up about Trubisky. I did have somebody, and I think it was said tongue in cheek to me. Hey, Mitch is going to help them out a lot this week because he can do he can be Allen on the scout team, and he was there. La- he was there two years ago and knows all the Allen secrets. There are no Allen secrets. And I said back, well, where was that last year when they lost? 38, 38 to, three. to three, and I did not get a response. I think the person was just yanking my chain. But here's another reason I think they might still be sold on Pickett. They just this is like the least salacious one. They just think that he can get better. They just believe that they can fix what's wrong with him. Offensive coordinator hire. Yeah, I think unlocks they, they, him. They also have to believe that they also cannot possibly just think it was the scheme that messed him up. Rudolph is proving that the scheme itself, with albeit with a different in-game caller, can work. They have to believe that the flaws that they have seen, that he bails too quickly, that he spit, you know, he doesn't have a good feel for avoiding pressure, that he turns too much pressure into sacks, that they can fix those things. Uh, here is one of the great uh, human beings to come out of Chartier's Houston High School, and that is Hunter on 93.7 The Fan. Hello, Hunter. Hey, Pony. I appreciate that little intro. Thank you, my friend. You're Mulvey, how's it going? Hello, Hunter. Uh Guys, I am very excited. I saw Mike Nicastro posted on Twitter uh, the last time the temperatures and the conditions win-wise were the same in Buffalo. 
was that 2021 Patriots game where Mac Jones threw the ball twice and the Patriots won 14 to 10. That is correct. I I love our chances. I really do. Uh, I don't care who starts quarterback next year. Go win a playoff game, and we can talk about that later maybe. Uh, roll with Rudolph, and I think they win the game outright. I am with Zeiss 100%. I'm hammering the Steelers plus 400. Hunter, how will your opinion of Mike Tomlin change if they win the game? Uh, I wouldn't say uh, – I've been really critical of him, Tony, so I would have to say I think he would deserve an extension. I've been like you. I've been calling for him about the playoff losses for seven years. If he wins this game, I think it might be his most impressive playoff win, so I would I would be okay if he got an extension, yeah. All right, thank you, Hunter. He sounds like he just like almost has the exact same takes as you. Other than no, like, being pick, so bullish on the, the Steelers to them, win money. I, I yeah, haven't bet up. them plus 410. He's on that Zeiss heater. But then again, what the hell? What are my predictions worth? I said Pitt was going to beat Duke last night. <laughs> and then you disappeared like Homer Simpson into the hedge. What was the score at halftime? They were down by like 24, I think. <laughs> down 25 at halftime. The basketball and the clock out. Final score, the Blue Devils prevail from tap to buzzer, 75-53. <laughs> from tap to buzzer. They're, they're lucky that's all it was, too. It could have been a lot worse. It got up to, what, 30-something <laughs> in the second half. I feel fortunate. Oh, man. My power went out for four hours last night, right before the game started till almost 1 a.m. I feel fortunate that I missed it. Mr. Kennedy! Penguin Stanley Cup champ Tyler Kennedy is brought to you by J.P. Roofing. At 2.37, time to call Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Why pay 40 when you can pay 25? Call 888-98-TWINS. Tyler, what do you make of this story in Philadelphia where the kid who got drafted by them didn't want to play for him, so they had to trade him? I love it, especially in Philly, you know? Um, like, did you legitimately and, hate them when you were playing against them? Like, we want to believe as fans that our athletes hate the other team, but then maybe these guys grew up together, it's a, it's a job, you know, you guys are in the same union together, that kind of thing. Players change teams. Did you really hate those guys? Yeah, like, I felt the hatred when I played for the Penguins. And, again, I went to other teams and played against Philly, and it it wasn't the same. You know, when I went and played against Philly in kind of both our kind of heydays when they had Giroux coming up and we, you know, Sid and Gino. They had Hartnell biting the, people. Yeah. Like, it, there was – like, when I think about very fun games, well, interesting as a fan, exciting – those were the games that I look forward to every single time because you knew something was going to happen. Um, again, that, that definitely was hatred there. I think I had the most fights my whole career against Philadelphia, and I'll never forget when we beat them in playoffs. So they all their stadiums are like in a triangle, real yeah. close. They kind of share the same parking lot. So when we were leaving after beat them, beating them out in the playoffs, our bus was getting pelted with beer bottles from the Xfinity uh, bar there. It was it was so fun, so exciting. And again, just to see their faces after we kicked their butt, they're going home for the summer, and we were moving on. Uh, again, the hatred there and just, just winning there is the best feeling in the world. Now, did you ever give Talbot crap for going and playing over there and being part of the evil empire for a couple of years? 
Yeah, I, I give it to him a little bit. I'm surprised he did it. But, again, we at the end of the day, you know it's a business. And when Max was on the other team, like, it, it, the hatred didn't go away. You know, it, it, <laughs> it was like he was on the other team. Like, and I always thought me and Max would fight because we were kind of similar players. You know, and we were close one time, but we end up not going after it. But, again, didn't matter if we won a cup together. When he was on Philly, like, he was one of them, and we were going after him. Has anyone ever turned getting their ass kicked in a fight into more of an inspirational moment than Max Talbot? <laughs> oh, I know, eh? Like, um, you know, but it, the the one thing about hockey players is there's so much respect for a guy that sticks up, steps up to the plate. Everyone, you know, especially being after my career and, you know, watching hockey, like, oh, I'd fight this guy, that guy. It takes a lot of balls to stand up and actually fight someone with your fist and try to hurt them you know that's no matter who you are if you do that that takes a lot of guts a lot of courage and no matter what that's why I think he got so much respect for it and it did change the game around Tyler how about the one year when Yager played for the Flyers what was that like going up against him well the funny story with there was um I, I had a good year the year before, and Yogs was coming back. And this is what I heard. This Don't quote me. Mm-hmm. But Yogs wanted to come back to Pittsburgh, and they didn't really have salary cap for him because they, they needed to sign me. I just signed like a two-year deal whatever, but didn't really have room. So he went to the rival, which was real, mm-hmm. interest, like, real interesting because, like, this, again, what I hear, they picked me over Yager just because of, he wanted a lot more money. I was on a sat like you know, I was on a pretty cheap deal, and I was young, and they didn't know my ceiling yet. Uh-huh. And then he went to Philly, and again, we we always beat up on Philly the whole my whole career. There wasn't many times that Philly beat us, and even like they had a tough team, but we always won on the scoreboard. And when he went there, it, it was interesting to see him play. You hear so many stories of him, like you know exercising before games, you know, having the real small steel on his blades, like just simple stuff, but just playing against him. I just remember his reach. If you ever got on his, like, backside, like he was so good at protecting the puck. And I don't know, it was kind of like watching those guys, like playing with playing against a guy you grew up watching and you knew he was a legend. You knew, you know, his story in Pittsburgh and, you know, how he went there. So it was a little bit more excitement, and that just made – that whole game that much better. Tyler, one of the the great sights from uh, this most recent Flyers beatdown that the Penguins put on him is Malkin in the penalty box, and I can't repeat what he said, cussing out some Flyers players and telling them to look at the scoreboard. The effing scoreboard. Yes. Where does Gino rank as a guy for whom English is not a first language on the trash talkers uh, power rankings for Tyler Kennedy? I got to imagine it sucks getting chirped by a guy who's still learning English in some ways. Gino's better in English than you think, especially when it comes to chirping, you know. But the, but Gino, like, if there's a guy that can back up what he says, it's Gino. Like, Gino, he'll fight, you know. I've seen him fight and throw him pretty good, you know. And, again, when you wake up Gino, watch out because he can do it all. You know, I've seen, you know, I think everyone in Pittsburgh has seen, seen Gino put the team on his back and, really pull the Pittsburgh to a lot of wins. So, like, if there's a guy that Philadelphia would want to sleep, which they never are smart enough to let him sleep, it's <laughs> it's Geno, you know? And, again, when, Tyler, once you get him fired up. would coaches and players try to bust his balls to get him fired up in a game? Like, even guys on your own team, 
try to get him riled up a little bit to bring that emotion onto the ice? Um, no, like guys would, you know, Gino was just one of the boys. Like no one would try to get him fired up, but you knew when someone tried to take a run at Gino, because again, that there was, you know, you'd have to get in their face. You couldn't give Sid or Gino a lot of room because it'd make you look stupid. So you, you know, you finish your checks. Yep. But when Gino, when guys would take those extra little runs or that little cheap shot, and Gino would snap a little bit, you knew you were getting Gino's A game. And again, the guy that like doesn't look strong, but he is like wiry strong, and. uh <laughs> A guy that's you know kicked Philly's butt a long time and one of the best goals ever when he when he got rocked and he was coming back in the neutral zone he came back and did a slap shot from like oh, the yeah. hash mark yeah we love that that was, uh, <laughs> that was you know again like who does a slap shot just you know that confident two hands in the air skating around like what you know which was uh, which a great memory for me Tyler Kennedy TK Penguin Stanley Cup champ all right Tyler we'll talk next week buddy. All right, thanks, guys. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.